Oh my God. <laughs> this is a lot of energy to start off the session. I just pushed the button and here we are. So to let you all know that I have been screaming internally. Yeah. And now I'm screaming into the mic externally. We have, um, I think we've switched positions from where we were this time last week when we last recorded because I then was experiencing quite the time. Mm. And now here you are experiencing quite the time yourself. You could say you're switching the positions for you. I was trying to hint towards Ariana Grande there. I knew you were. Um, Hey, Josh. Hey, Jordan. How are you, Mama? I'm miserable. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) But you're persisting. I am persisting. I'm choosing to persist, yet I don't want to be perceived, which is tough. Yeah. Um, I'm okay. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm holding on to, I'm uh, Carol describing Bethany. I'm either uh, tightly wound top or I'm crying, crying. at the bottom. <laughs> well, if you are going to cry, I hope you find a very lovely furniture store, just like Bethany did. And you really just let it out. I, there's nothing that just nothing bothers well actually i cried the other day but there's nothing that bothers me more than people crying in public mm-hmm. spaces where they're not supposed to be yeah not that i'm saying you're not supposed to cry out i'm gonna stop talking no i think it's i think that's very valid and you have to find the perfect place to let the emotions out and especially if it's not within the confinement of your own home you better mm-hmm. choose wisely mama like i i'm i'm gonna talk about this on here i don't really care mm-hmm. i um, Sasha and my boyfriend there was a death his grandmother passed and we had a funeral the other day mm-hmm. and not to get like so morose f- barely 30 seconds into this podcast um, but I haven't been to a funeral honestly in a year and a half probably two years and it was so just sad and like you know I haven't cried cried like that in a long time and I'm mm-hmm. also like his grandmother wasn't really doing well, so I didn't get to know her, but I was also like, it was a bit of a cathartic cry because like he was going through it. So I was going through it, but then I was very conscious of myself because I was like, you can't be the the boyfriend at the funeral who cries more than the family is crying. <laughs> I mean, I think once you enter the doors of a funeral, all bets are off, in my opinion. I agree. When it comes to emotions, then I'm strictly talking emotions. I don't mean all rules are non-existent. No, there, there is an order to obey. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, I don't know, like I was trying to explain to him because it was like a long day, but mm-hmm. I was like, you know, that was only three hours. Like Italian people funerals are like two, three days long. Yeah. Like we, we sit in that funeral home and you come to me and we cry and hold each other together. Oh my God. Yeah, this is morose. We're going to move on. Okay. Well, you know, thoughts and condolences and all of that and sending only the best energy. I'm seeing that you're drinking a coffee that you did order for yourself, which is already doing better than I last week drinking a coffee that was not for me. Oh my God. (laughs) Listen, you're already doing it better than I am. And I think that you're really going to thrive for the rest. I see all, I'm going to scream. I see all these TikToks about like why make like that whole trend of making coffee at home when you can make it just as good as a Starbucks employee. And I'm like, when did we decide 
collectively as a community to start lying to ourselves. I know. No coffee I make at home. It tastes good. I like it. It's fine. But it never hits the way. But it's the same thing with food as well. Say it. Like I will gladly prefer the taste of a meal cooked for me by someone else or by a restaurant any day over anything that I'll cook for myself. But that's so fucking crazy because like I hate my cooking except for like seven things I make. Mm -hmm. And I made a really good pasta last week. That was wonderfully well received by the uh, one other person who lives in my home. (laughs) Yeah, my audience of one. And I was really proud of it. And then I'm like, that was two hours of my day. Like, I didn't want that. But like, at the same time, like, when I have my mom's cooking, I'm like, oh, Mm -hmm. I'm happy. Like, or my, like, my grandmother's like, this makes me happy. But like, like, Sashin's a really, really good cook. I think he's a great cook. But like, I don't know. I just, I'm also not like that kind of person. Like we express our, our, our family expresses ourselves through food. But mm-hmm. when I spend like seven hours in the kitchen, I'm not applauding for myself at the no. end of the day. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And you also I feel I'm like saying. you incorporate a bit of like critiquing yourself into when you're cooking. So it's like, I'll tear myself apart for like any other thing that I do during the day, but especially when I'm cooking, I'm just looking for the mistakes I'm looking for like that tastes off or I'm looking for that's not quite cooked right. Like it's always a yeah. a game that I play. I made a soup for lunch today because, you know, it's it's not fall in Toronto. It's still a sharp 22 degrees. Which and I when you say you make a cold. soup, I made soup like a stew soup. I'm going to just get a Campbell's. No. OK, see, that's where I am on the other side of the <laughs> argument. I like my soups. They're really good. <laughs> OK, well, that I'm happy for you then. <laughs> But I like my good can of soup from the store. Easy, open it, done. Yeah, I'll make you one of my soups this winter. Minestrone. I'm going to minestrone. I'm going to walk to your house with this pot of soup. Yeah, just soup just splashing all over the snow. (laughs) I welcome it. Um, Welcome it. We don't have a topic today and... I know we dedicated a full hour last week to Real Housewives, which nothing made me happier. Mm -hmm. We have a few things to talk about. I've seen two movies. You saw a movie with me. What happened? Did you hear that in the background of my... I thought it was one of those like hurricane alarms for some reason, but I think it was just a truck. Sorry, I got really panicked there. I was like, well, the the end times are near. Okay, well, you don't live like where I live. Yeah. And that's true because we do live in different <laughs> different areas. You don't live where I live, <laughs> but you did get to experience the most Toronto thing this weekend, which was the Toronto Air Show. Oh my god! Oh, I heard it enough. I nothing makes me angrier than the Toronto Air Show. I know. I really dislike it, and I thought that. You and I were the only ones who, or not the only ones, I thought that you and I had the opinion that largely most other people had, but I am going to shout out my friend Pat, because he told me that he actually likes the air show, and so I'm going to put him on blast right now. Oh, no, no, and I'm going to shout out my <laughs> my my Sashin and my friend Felicia, who oh. last year collectively like Went watched to the air it. show? Oh. No, they just like watched it, and I was like, are you okay? 
Like, are you okay? It's a lot of noise for For not a lot of payoff. That's what people, that those are (laughs) me having sex. That's what people have. (laughs) Um, But yes, what we're trying to say is that we're just going to talk about what we've been watching and what's going on. And really just, we will navigate these waters together because that's what we do. Yeah, we have also also in so long haven't had an episode where we just sit here and go off the rails and really just talk shit. I know. We're going to try and keep things contained while also talking some shit. So I think I'm going to start. Start. So a few episodes ago, I was like, ah, ER is my comfort watch. Oh, yeah. Please ignore that. I only made it 15 episodes into season (laughs) one. And if you ask me what the plot was. Couldn't tell you. Like, I know the general part. It's in the title, but like the the episodic stuff. It's an emergency. It's er. Um, But I have been watching The Nanny. Oh, my gosh. What a great transition from ER to to her. To her. From er to her. Fran Drescher. Uh, Yeah, that's the name I was going for. Not Aviva. Uh, I am obsessed I watched it a lot as a kid because, like, I have such memories of like the comedic tones and like the I characters. Think it's such a '90s show too. It's, it's like ingrained so in that decade. Yeah, and it's like in that weird like uh, there was a CNN show, um, History of the Sitcom, that was mm-hmm. on recently, and they were going through like each genre. Mm-hmm. And the nanny's weird because it's not like a workplace sitcom, and it's not really like a family sitcom, and it's not like a friends sitcom. It's kind of like a mish mash of everything yeah um and it's very 90s it's very silly but what i've come to rediscover or finally like like just really appreciate is that fran drescher is our lucille ball yeah or she was at the time yeah she was like it's i mean the show's impact is so crazy because it really was just six seasons Mm -hmm. and as i do with most shows i've been wikipedia I can't speak today. Going on to the internet. And... I was using the computer. Yeah. And I stumbled upon Wikipedia. <laughs> and it almost got canceled after season one. Now, I don't know if that's true or not, but I believe it to be true. Yeah. And I was like, wow, you know, her impact one, her comedic impact two. And also, mm-hmm. I was saying this the other night, the character of Fran Fine is kind of like treated a bit. Like, I think at that time when fashion for the masses wasn't appreciated the way it is now Mm -hmm. they looked at her and they're like wow she's so like kooky with her style but she literally was wearing runway off the runway yeah items yeah like it's so beautiful to watch because i'm like wow they really put attention to detail into this character's fashions Mm -hmm. for fashions and also someone tweeted this and i really believed it they're like fran was never wrong like she knew all the answers yeah because the episodes are very much like Fran has to learn a lesson or teach a lesson. Yeah. But she knows the answer at the end of the day. So <laughs> it doesn't really matter. Like mm-hmm. she's helping this family. Anyway, I'm going on and on, but I'm Wait, obsessed. Sorry, go. Was she ever nominated for an Emmy or anything like that for the show? I, I actually don't know the history behind the Nene as much as others. I don't think so. Honest to God. And I'm I think Googling I'm this it up hot. right now. Yeah. yeah. I think her and Aviva Drescher were both robbed of their respective Emmys. Yeah, the, Aviva knew all the answers as well. Yeah. Um, no, I don't think it was. I genuinely, what I was trying to say was like, it was one of those 
middle ground sitcoms that really didn't it wasn't a friends and it wasn't no. like a community do you know what i'm saying yeah. like it was like it was, it was a one woman show really with some good supporting characters but really when you think of the nanny you think of Fran and I like the supporting cast is really great. I think the characters would be treated a lot differently now. Like CC would be probably queer and so would Niles would also be queer. Mm-hmm. Like anyway, I just find it fascinating, but it's a really great comfort watch. And also that theme song, oh, it hits. Yeah, it's good. It's a good one. Also, I've decided, sorry. Straight from Wikipedia. This is actually quite sad. There's a whole section for awards under Fran's wiki page, but really all it is is like, She's been the recipient of the John Wayne Institute's Women of Achievement Award, the Gilda Award, the City of Hope Woman of the Year Award. All these like kind of nice recognitions, but not one Emmy, not one nomination for like SAG or anything like that. That's really sad because it just shows you how, I mean, we've said this about Courtney Cox before, Mm -hmm. like how that kind of comedy, it just, I don't know. It's hard to say because and I'm not trying to like be facetious, but like I think there was a time for a very long time people didn't consider Jennifer Aniston's work on Friends to be genuinely good. I think yeah. it was, oh, she's just playing quote unquote herself, or she's playing a one dimensional version of a character. Mm-hmm. And I think with time and a rewatch here and there, it's like, oh no, she is performing at the same level as Lisa and Courtney. But why was Courtney never? acknowledged and why was Fran who was doing pure slapstick really sharp really smart broad comedy Mm -hmm. completely ignored yeah I think it all comes back to like how we or how society has like looked at comedic performances but also specifically like women in comedy like it's it's a tough road and it's like I don't want to say it because it's like you know I mean, I do want to say it. I just think women in comedy forever have not gotten the respect that they should have. Like, I, I'm not, I'm not going to go on my tangent, but I do agree. Yeah, oh, yeah. The, fr- the, the nanny is completely underappreciated. And yeah. if you're not watching it right now, I think it's a great comfort watch. You know what? You've, you've sold me. I think you would actually really have yeah. a good time with it. <laughs> I think I would too. And no, I because I have watched it before, obviously. And I remember I watched it with my parents and everything. But really, I think I'm looking for more like Golden Girls-esque comfort watches. And I maybe was not a believer in ER as you were for at least a good 15 episodes. But something like The Nanny could. Did you watch Golden Girls? Um, not when it was originally on, but I'm like, no, no. it's one of those shows that I am watching as I go. I haven't <gasps> like, you didn't yeah. tell me. Yeah. It's not like a, uh, a show that I've sat so down to like binge straight. I'll just go and watch a few episodes whenever I kind of want to. We, at the, we started it like a few months before the pandemic hit. And I hate that that's now like a measure of time, but and then it, the Golden Girls also wasn't like a show we were binging, binging, but it was a show like two or three nights a week. We would watch a few episodes Yeah, when we had nothing else really on the schedule. And that's the same with The Nanny now where it's like, oh, there's nothing really on or that we want to watch. So let's just watch like f- five episodes. Mm-hmm. And it's so easy. 
I know. It's one of like the easiest shows that I think I've had the pleasure of sitting down and experiencing for the first time over the last it's so year. good. Because yeah, I, I literally started when, when the pandemic started. It yeah. was kind of one of those shows, but I'm also not invested enough that I have to finish it, you know? I'll just mm-hmm. mosey on my own way. Yeah. Yeah. Um, last night in Toronto, there was a huge thunderstorm (laughs) and I was sitting on my couch and I was like, oh my God, I need, I need to put something spooky on. I need to find something a little bit scary. And Mm. that's like how I knew that Halloween season is coming because like my brain is getting more and more excited of watching like scary things or horror, but I was so disappointed that I was not able to successfully find anything that I've not seen before. So I just ended up going with um, scary stories to tell in the dark. I was talking about that this weekend. Yeah, I had seen it obviously in theaters once before. This is like my second like full sit down and watch it sort of viewing. I don't know. What are your thoughts? What were you saying this weekend? (laughs) So I was telling our friend Chris Hanna that I was like, oh, you know, I was talking about some other movie and I was like, I wish it was more like scary stories we tell in the dark. I think it's actually a movie we're going to talk about in a bit, but I was like, oh, I wanted like, you know, like, like just moments of different kills that are sectioned off and they Mm -hmm. tell this really interesting, silly story. Yeah. I think it's, I don't love the Goosebumps live action movies that happened in the last 10 years because they're very kid oriented. And I think that's the the difference between like 90s kids programming and current kids programming that Mm -hmm. 90s kids programming leaned way more into adult themes or felt adult I guess no that's true where scary where scary stories we tell in the dark felt like a 90s-esque goosebumps-esque movie more than the goosebumps movies do I don't know what I'm trying to say but I think you understand yeah I think it was like a a marriage between the two sort of themes that you're going for because there mm-hmm. I wish I wish it was just more of a classic anthology like instead of weaving in these set pieces into these like kids investigating a mystery yeah. I don't need like that central like mystery theme told the way it was but I do have to say that there are some very effective scenes in it like the yeah. um the scarecrow the scene Oh, the scarecrow, yes. I was watching last night and I was like, I don't know why this didn't hit as hard as it didn't like the theaters, but right now I'm freaked out. But I also had all lights off. (laughs) I was just like, okay, I'm in this cornfield. I'm waiting to see what's happening. But yeah. No, I like it. And I've been, it's one of those movies I continue to scroll past. And every time I'm like, "Mm, Mm -hmm. I think I want to watch this again. I would recommend doing it maybe a little bit closer to Hallow's Eve, just because yeah, it is, I do think it plays nicely on your TV at home in a moody day. And there's some great like production design. The monsters look a little bit freaky. Lana's, Lana's, Lana's <laughs> cover of Season of the Witch is very good. That's another one that kind of hit differently last night where I was like, wait a second. I said this to you because I saw it in theaters, I think by myself and I'm leaving and I text my biggest Lana fan and I go, Hey, love this cover. And you're like, yeah, typical Josh fashion. Oh yeah. I can appreciate it for what it is, but it's not my favorite. (laughs) Thank you for calling me out. It's true. Yeah. I think at the time it didn't really uh, sonically burst for me, but now I'm a different person. 
proud of you. Thank you. Um, I saw this the other day where it was just kind of speaking to like when people start their scary movie stuff. And I think I was going to text you about it, but I think it's better to bring it up on here. I do want us to do like a scream dedicated episode mm. and like a Halloween. Yes. Like Halloween movies dedicated episode. Yeah. But when do you officially start your like your rewatch of like horror movies and that kind of stuff for this season? Oh Lord. I truly don't think I ever fully leave, but I think it just yes, starts to ramp up. Like right about now. Like I hate to make yeah. like I hate to lean into the whole like me on October August 31st versus me on September 1st. No, September but 1st is like a witch hat. But I do think <laughs> that the moment September comes around, I'm like, okay, let me see what's going on. Like I watched Psycho on the weekend as well. Oh wow. Just because I was in need of a nice little again spooky Break. thing to watch. I obviously seen Psycho before, but yeah, I'm I'm in the zone. I think I'm in it right now. I am too, and I'm trying to figure out, because when I was, like, in my teenage years, in my early 20s, when I had more time, I was, like, fully, like, 31 days of horror vibes, and maybe, like, yeah, in those 31 days, like, three movies in a night, like, really packing it in, Yeah, but this is also when I was discovering a lot of stuff I hadn't seen, and of course, there's a lot of horror movies I haven't seen, a lot of B stuff, a lot of older stuff. Yeah. Do I want to watch that stuff? Not necessarily. I know. I know. Yeah. And that's the hard part they of can. going into this. Because I remember, like, again, uh, Chris Hanna had that amazing idea that I'm so sorry, Chris, we never actually ended up doing where he mm. had like a whole spreadsheet of horror films that he hadn't seen before. And a lot of them I hadn't seen. And he was like, we should watch it. And Chris, again, we should watch these movies, but I just have lost that spreadsheet. So consider this my formal apology, but I do want to actually both enjoy the scary movies that I have known and loved my whole life, but also discover new ones or open myself up to new possibilities for spooky times. Yeah, I agree. I like... I don't know. I was on, I was just searching last night and I was like, Ooh, I want to buy the Halloween Blu-ray re-releases in October. And that scream re-release that's coming out in scream coming to theaters. And I'm like, you have seen these movies. I know. I know. Like it's enough. It's enough. (laughs) Enough. Um, Have you been seeing any of like the Halloween kills reviews that have slowly started trickling in post uh, festival premiere? I'm scared. It's not looking good. It's not looking good. But uh, it's still very early, it's still touch and go, but a lot of like the major publications, I think like Variety and Hollywood Reporter are just like, it's just two hours of death. It's kind of one of those like mindless sequels that the Halloween franchise eventually kind of dwindled down into in the 80s and 90s. Yeah. But then there are some other ones that are more positive. I think the general gist is that it just feels like half a movie because the third one is set to finish this story that Mm. it's telling. So I think maybe the second one was always going to be a little bit weak story-wise. I don't know. I'm fine with that because like, I like a, just a, like it's pure kills movie. That's totally fine. And I mean, it's in the title. Yeah. So I'm down with that. I, I don't, I love the Halloween franchise. I love the, what year is it now? 2018, 2000, 2018 version, okay, 2019. Yeah. yeah. 18. You know what I'm saying, right? Yeah, 18. You're saying what year is it now? And then you said 2018. And I was like, it's 2012 right now, right? (laughs) What year are we in? Katy Perry. (laughs) Teenage Dream is my favorite album. (laughs) (laughs) 
the iTunes charts will never be the same. Mm, purchase it. Um, <laughs> I have probably seen that most recent Halloween film like four times yeah. and I don't even know why because like I really enjoyed it but it's not like my favorite thing in the world mm-hmm. but it's such an easy watch for some reason and I'm like oh throw it on I agree I think especially yeah. once the podcasters are killed off you're like okay here we go I'm in I'm in get these um, losers off my screen and get Jamie Lee into that olive garden and chugging back that wine um speaking of horror movies we experienced a horror movie just the other night in theaters no less mm, i know i've been to the theaters twice in one week and i'll go another time on friday i'm very excited oh that's exciting um but this one that we just saw i see that <laughs> there's a mirror in your background there's a mirror above myself right now and if we were to say candy man five times i don't know what candy man oh <laughs> no. no we saw candy man we saw it. Mm-hmm. We had some thoughts. Do we want to get? I'll into go those first. Thoughts? Yeah, yeah. I'll go first to lessen uh, your blow. I yeah. didn't <laughs> hate it or love it. I'm very neutral on it. I think, um, direction-wise, it's really beautiful. I thought it had gorgeous gowns, beautiful gowns. Like the scenery was really, really pretty. The interiors were great. Like mm-hmm. all the architecture stuff was really beautiful. I thought. There's one kill in it that I thought was really inventive and great that I enjoyed. I think the first two thirds are solid. I don't hate the final act. I just think it doesn't connect in the way that it probably should have or wanted to. Mm -hmm. With all that said, I also don't love the original Candyman. So I am coming from a perspective of like, I don't care across the board. Yeah. 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 Uh, when did you Your see thoughts. the original Candyman? Honesty, honesty, honesty is the best policy. <laughs> Honestly, it was probably like one of those rentals like 12 years ago, 13 yeah. years ago. But when I was just like loading up on watching a lot of horror movies, but it never stuck with me because I was like, and I know there are sequels. It just, and I'm not trying to sound like, what's the, not, what's the word? Like a, like I only care about like the Halloween or the Friday yeah. the thirteenth, but it never just ranked itself really high for me, in terms of like pop culture impact and that kind of stuff. And I know it has really gorgeous cinematography in the original one. I just don't care. Mm-hmm. And I rewatched it two weeks ago after y'all left my house for for Drag Race, and I also didn't care. So it is not a movie I have enjoyed. <laughs> yeah, we watched it. Um... I forget for what class specifically, but I saw it in university for like mm. my cinema studies program. And I think it was for, cause I took one class that was just dedicated to horror movies. And I was like, this is going to be my shit. And then on the first day, the professor walks in and she's like, so I have to be honest, I'm not the biggest fan of horror. And I was like, what? I, I was furious. Like that's one of the main memories that I have of my university. I was pissed. I was like, well then what? Who was making the syllabus here? But I think we watched it for that class. And I, like you, didn't necessarily care for it all too, too much. I saw the merits in it, but I wasn't like blown mm-hmm. away. But I don't know. This new one, I think I built up expectations because the trailer was so good. I liked the people behind it. And I don't really know if it reached what I wanted it to be. And what I wanted it to be was, if not scary, tense. And I wasn't feeling that emotion 
throughout the film. Yeah, and it wasn't fun also. And I know it's not supposed to necessarily be fun, but in terms of the horror aspect, and I know it was going for a much more analytical approach, and that's great. I thought that message was really well portrayed, Mm -hmm. but in terms of like the kills, we were cutting the camera from actually seeing those kills and where we were not like really going in fully in the horror. And that's kind of where it just lost me a little bit. I was like, well, if we're not going to build in between the story, then what's happening here? And uh, like, obviously Mm. there are points in horror where um, it's scarier not seeing what's happening than it is to sometimes see what's happening. But I think you can only use that so many times within one movie. Yeah. And expect it to be effective. But yes, gorgeous gowns, beautiful gowns. I did really love the use of like the shadow puppets that they brought up every Mm -hmm. once in a while to like tell the backstories. I thought that was beautiful and brilliant. And camera work was nice. Third act, not so nice for me. And it also... It did this thing that a lot of modern horror movies do, and I don't need like <clears throat> like a puppet, but like mm-hmm. in the final act, and this isn't very spoilery, but it gets a little CGI esque, mm-hmm. and I would have preferred just like practical stunts here. And I'm not trying to sound yeah one million years old, but there is an effectiveness, especially with horror that when there's a practicality that's visible, you kind of way more scared than what is happening in this movie i think the bees Mm. bees it's tough it's tough but you know there's nothing that beats the feeling of sitting down in a movie theater on a friday night getting ready to watch a horror movie you've got your popcorn you've got your drink you've got everything it's that now released nicole kidman amc ad (laughs) (laughs) this has been brought to you by our dear friend Nicole, that ass. Let's go to the theater. So watch her movie. Um, Wild. No, I agree. Also, I would like to just say something. I want to apologize for you to you because I ate three fourths <laughs> of your popcorn. You don't have to apologize. First of all, Jordan turned I mean, to me before I told the movie. You. <laughs> before the movie began, it was a quick glance over, and he was like, "I'm gonna have some of your popcorn." And then the lights went out. <laughs> I don't even think I had a reaction time before like the trailer came up in front of us, but no, I'm glad you enjoyed. Obviously my popcorn is your popcorn. It's a shared movie experience. Yeah. But I think I don't know what came over me, but it became my popcorn. It became your popcorn. And I know you noticed. And if you could have, you would have turned to me and would be like, are you okay? And it was also in your lap. So it wasn't sexual, but it was in a place that I, you know, was reaching towards and it was just a lot for two hours so I apologize I always remember I think it was like early on in our friendship when we went to a movie and I had popcorn but I put on um some sort of like powder on it and you didn't know not powder but like flavor yeah Yeah, put anthrax on it um and I don't know what flavor it was it was probably like salt and vinegar but you didn't know and then you did that thing where you reach over and you're like some popcorn and then I remember your reaction was just like what what is that (laughs) <laughs> and being it, upset that your popcorn that I did not purchase had a flavor yeah. that I did not want. <laughs> yeah. So after Candyman, I went to go see another movie by myself. And, you know, it was very much 
a Marvel experience once again. I went to go see Shang-Chi. Oh, Shang-Chi. And honestly, like, I am, how do I describe myself? I'm not an MCU person, but I've seen every MCU Single one. movie. Yes. yes. Do you know what I'm trying to say? This is no. very Nicole Scherzinger in that clip. Do you understand what I'm saying? Uh, I think I understand what you're saying. Yes. Yeah. It's not like you have dedicated your um, love for cinema to the Marvel no, no, Cinematic no, 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 Universe. No, 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 no. And I'm not writing it on my Instagram story the next day. Like, I'm not doing that. But I, no. like, I, I, I saw, like, Hereafter, that Matt Damon movie in theaters. Like, I don't have a bar for what I'm seeing in theaters. Oh, I will see whatever for the most part. Because yeah. I love, I, like, Nicole Kimmon, again, I love the experience so much. So wait, before you even talk about mm. this experience, what would you say is your favorite Marvel film that you've seen? Oh, and what God. is your least favorite? I think, like, the obvious answer is like Thor Ragnarok which is mm. just like a really fun time and I again I'm I just sound like such a bro so please ignore this whole conversation um least favorite like Iron Man 2 is speaking to me uh-huh. just because it's bad and like one of those Avengers movie was like a tough it's, it was a toughie okay all okay. of them are not and I'm not trying to sound like Martin Scorsese, but mm-hmm. they're different variations of an okay movie with different people in them. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I liked Shang-Chi. I thought it was the first time in a while in a Marvel movie that like the fights were inventive and it was like a really great cast. And mm-hmm. it obviously was like, Oh, step in the right direction for representation in Marvel. Like that was beautiful, but like, it was just like more of the same and also ended with like a really big CGI fight. And I'm like, I can't, I yeah. can't yeah. keep watching the CGI, CGI battles yeah, in the dark, in the sky. Like I, mm. what am I looking at here? Literally. And I do. I'm doing it to myself. I am aware of that. Yeah. We should know. We should know by now. So I liked it. Yeah. But- <laughs> I know I've already spoiled myself and I know the one like, I guess what they're calling it a cameo or an appearance that was not um, billed a surprise appearance. Mm -hmm. That's cool. She, she, she did that. She did it. (laughs) She's there. I don't know what she did, but I know she appears. This is also not a spoiler. I don't care if I'm spoiling it for you or anybody, Mm -hmm. but like there's that post credit sequence, which again, I'm not a Marvel person, but I have stayed for each one. So again, just yeah. take that as you may. The Brie Larson cameos as Captain Marvel are the funniest things to me in the world. Mm. Each wig is different. Mm-hmm. She is pissed. Zooming. She's pissed and she's doing it via Zoom. Yeah. Also, I just love Brie Larson's transition from like fully like serious indie <laughs> queen. To- Listen, I know her as United States of Terra. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And now she's strictly Marvel and yeah. sing songs on YouTube. Yeah. What, 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 where am I? <laughs> the trajectory, no one could predict. It's crazy to me. Mm-hmm. Anyway. That's Brie Larson right now. She's zooming into this. <laughs> um, what else are you watching, Josh? Oh, God. Like, what else am I watching? I'm really, 
like you know besides the spooky stuff sorry the coffee that you just had me f- I like fully aware of how I have to edit this podcast and drinking <laughs> a coffee with ice flying it to my face I am beside the mic I'm insulted I know no I'm not really watching any other kind of series right now I haven't yet like I mean we were just raving about our girl Nicole Kidman but I haven't gone to nine perfect strangers or whatever she's on right now I think I don't want to no I'm looking for like my next scripted series watch because I know I can't just live my life constantly just watching reality tv shows every week but for now it's a comfort and I enjoy it well, speaking of reality TV, I think we can talk about the All-Stars 6 finale. Oh, my God. Yeah, we can. Oh, yeah. That happened last week, didn't it? That is yes. wild time. Um, overall, happy with it. Happy for the mm-hmm. winner. Happy for Kylie. There's the spoiler for you, everybody. But, um, oh, yeah, I'm very happy for her. Sad for Raja, but I think Kylie's story is probably like the nicest on paper just of the finalists, like considering that she hasn't been on the show since season two, really. I think it was such a nice glow up for her. Um, and yeah, overall, I had a great time with this season. I thought it was wonderful. And I think it's one of one of the series best, if you're going to ask me. I agree. I do think I'm starting to notice the fumble a little bit by the finale for these all-stars. Mm. I do think TKB should have at least been in the final four. <sighs> And I, I was sifting through tweets as I do. And I do think there was a bit of rigamorous where it's like, well, if we're going to do that whole thing, the game within a game, and then Eureka doesn't come back and then she's not voted off right away, yeah. then was it even worth it? Yeah. So I get that kind of maybe <clears throat> production yes. strings. Yeah. But I was really happy for Kylie. I personally would have liked... TKB I would have liked a double crowning I think yes mm-hmm. we had a double crowning I don't know if that should have been the one but I think this should have been the one I think that if we were to have a season with a double crowning this would have made the most sense and it would have like yeah. fit within like the the vibe and the tone of the season as a whole because it was a pretty like positive Even. season it wasn't like uh it wasn't dark it wasn't ugly it wasn't like depressing or anything like that and I think a double winner would a double crowning would have been appreciated by the fans this time. I agree. And speaking of crowning, that's a dad a dad segue. It is a dad segue. I was gonna go to Beverly Hills. Oh, but well, speaking no of crowning, uh, the heavy is the, the head crown is the heavy done. <laughs> uh, as Lisa Vanderpump once said. Yes, Beverly Hills. Also, let it be known that I tried to airdrop. Uh, Lisa Vanderpump Memoji this weekend to Jordan and he turned to me and he said, get out. I just want to say that ever since the world has like semi reopened, I've been a disaster in person. So we went to a bar on Saturday, on Sunday night and it was good. It was just supposed to be a cute little moment. Just cute, like super cute. Cut to like three rounds of shots later. Yeah. (laughs) I blacked out. I don't know what <laughs> happened or how I got there, but I did. Anyway, yeah. And then from across the table, I look at my phone. And if you're friends with Joshua Smith, he loves to just airdrop you like this. The, no one is talking about it. It wasn't even yeah. in conversation, but he is sending you something. Yeah. And he sent me a Lisa Vanderpump emoji. And I said, don't do that to me, honey. Declined. She did so, not send. 
I just want to say also kudos, kudos, kudos to Joshua because last episode he, before Twitter was even on top of it, was calling out the to be continued narrative that's been happening across the board on the Housewives franchise. Thank you. I called it. I knew. I knew that those little rats were going to end the episode on a to be continued. And that is my one note for this season as a whole is just, you do not have to rely so heavily on to be continued. I completely agree. And I'm also going to have to add a second note to your note. I think labeling that episode, the dinner party from hell part two was a bit of a stretch. And I know that everyone Loved it, but I'm going to say that the three other quote-unquote dinner parties that happened in the season were probably way more iconic than that Mm -hmm. single one. Yeah. Solely because the reason the first dinner party from Hell Works, and you said this, I think, last episode, is because it takes place all within the episode. Mm -hmm. So the episode is iconic because you never have to watch the other episode. Exactly. You know what I'm saying? And it works so well as well, not to keep adding notes, because Obviously, I loved the episode from last week. Of course, you've been quoting it for like seven days. So have I. But But the original Dinner Party from Hell, yes, it works uh, because it's all within one episode. But also, you've got almost more active players, I think, at the table. You have Camille and Kyle. You've got Allison Dubois. You've got Kim randomly starting shit with Taylor across from her. You've um, You've got Faye Resnick as well. So I'm not saying that like there weren't players at the most recent episode, because yes, you have Lisa Rinna who really didn't do anything the whole episode, but she did help start everything off. You have obviously Erica Sutton, Garcelle and Dorit, but nobody really, it was all surrounding the same drama and that drama was Erica and it worked well, but it just, you can't compare the two. You can't. I, I agree with you. I think Dorit was playing the game. I think Garcelle was in it. I think mm-hmm. obviously Sutton came ready to go. Kyle and Lisa were instigators, but really didn't do much. And Crystal and Kathy didn't do much. So mm-hmm. I understand labeling the, it that because it is a dinner party. It's at Kathy's and it goes terribly wrong. It ruined Kathy's nice dinner party. Those... Uh, Baccarat candle holders, $999 iconic, but like, did I, did I love it? Did I watch it a second time? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. I don't think it was as fun, quote unquote, as, you know, that dinner party at Kyle's, which I thought was like my favorite thing for me or Lisa Renna's lip kit launch. Like all those things worked a lot better because they were, I think they were also to be continued, but they were all like singular. Mm -hmm. I don't know. I think. Also, on our part, there's a lot of hype when you label something that way. And I think I measured myself and I was also frustrated with that episode because I understand what Kyle was doing, but I didn't appreciate it because then she needs to be called out at the same time. And Lisa Renna is doing much of nothing to what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And that's frustrating. Exactly. That was the hard thing. Yeah, you just nailed it with Kyle the whole time. I was like, oh, Kyle's been doing a great job of kind of playing both sides this season. She's smart. She's got her hand like she really can be the needle for the reunion of which side kind of wins out. But then at this dinner and on Twitter right after the episode, too, she really kind of doubled down on like the pro Erica of it all. I'm going to say something. They're all scared of Erica. They are all scared of her. 
They are scared to be her friend. Kyle is scared to say anything to her because she is a bully. Mm. She is a mean person. She treats her friends, quote unquote, in that episode, in this season, like shit. Yeah. This isn't as fun as picking on Camille because Mm. you don't have an opponent who's willing to have fun with you. You have Erica Jane who is not only making herself the victim in this, which she is not, let's remind ourselves, but Mm. she's also not willing... I mean, it's hard to play the game in this kind of narrative, but to play with her castmates, she is putting them in a corner and saying, don't say anything or I will come after you. Yeah. So I'm not, I, I was like that whole scene where she like is so disgustingly rude to Garcelle and like cocks her head and yeah. says, you says you can let go of me was so hard to watch mm-hmm. because you're watching a person be bad to another person, like genuinely bad. Especially because Garcelle was making a good point. She was like, but don't you think it makes sense when something bad happens to someone you know? Like, one of your first instincts is just thinking, you know, how does this affect me? Like, don't you see how that can be the case? And she was just like, no. Shut it down. I just, like... Also, the original dinner party from hell is not based on, like, like this awful crime that's happened. It's literally, like, Camille setting up Kyle. And that's funny. It's Alison Dubois just vaping away. My favorite fucking tweet was somebody tweeted that, and that's why you need Kenya Moore at a dinner like this because she would have brought one of the victims. And sorry that we're not laughing at the that the mess. We're laughing at like, like I love Beverly Hills. I love this fucking season. I think Mm -hmm. again, it's a best of. But I need someone to play with her the way Sutton is trying mm-hmm. to. Yeah. But we don't have someone willing to, like, uh, Bethany, who, like, I think it was uh, someone who quote-tweeted it and was like, I would love to see Bethany just with Erica being like, the waterworks are not working for me. Like, just someone yeah. literally just cutting her across and being like, shut up. I don't like the beats so in the back. <laughs> I mean, she has done it before. Yeah. If she can do it about her music. She can do it about her legal troubles as well. Sorry. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, I mean, clearly we were frustrated with the episode, but there are a lot of iconic Dorit moments that came out of it that yeah. were very pleasing to me. Yeah. She showed up and I was very pleasantly surprised that she was such a player in that dinner. I wasn't expecting it. Well, I'm also happy that she was like playing, not even the middle. She was really playing like, mm-hmm. not devil's advocate, but being like, but no, I don't agree with that. Yeah. It was Erica. like she took Sutton's note after the one Kyle dinner party where Sutton was like, you threw me under the bus there. And then maybe Dreet was like, wait a second. Okay. This time I'll try and be a little bit more representative of what I said originally behind Erica's back. I just want to know what the fuck Lisa Renna is doing. Like, I'm sorry. You can play all the games on Instagram you want. You can say they're cutting out all these scenes, but you are not saying anything. Exactly. You're holding this dog laughing. Like, yeah. that's not... You haven't done anything this season. I saw someone try and make a meme out of that, and I was like, this is not... I don't want that to be a meme. It's not funny. No. no. I didn't laugh. How are you going to make it funny? Uh, anyway. <laughs> I am excited for part two. Yeah. Part two of part two should be good. I think that's it. I think that's it, and I think that's all she wrote. We're both finishing our water. You've traded your coffee for a nice jug of water, which I think will really help pick up the <laughs> terrible day. 
<laughs> Thank you so much. Um, I just want to say this on here. No matter how bad my day is, and no matter how much sometimes I'm like, you know what? Today I'm just not in the mood to record. Talking with you, my friend, my sister, my soulmate, it always brings me joy. And the feeling is very mutual. And as I said earlier, my popcorn is your popcorn. <laughs> Whether it's in your crotch or in or- your hand. <laughs> exactly. And on that note, I will bid you good night. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye.